Hello, and welcome to Crane Commentaries. As always, my name is Jake Delmastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. Guess what? What? I've got something, uh, something new. You have something new? Yeah, on my end. Do you have the pump? The pump. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I do have that, but that's not what I was going to (laughs) say. What what, what are you going to (laughs) say? I got a new piece of equipment uh, to my setup that I've never used before. Uh, Did you get a pop filter? An actual pop filter? I was about to say brand new pop filter, but it's not brand new. (laughs) I unearthed it. Right. So for the first time, I believe this is episode 41. Something like that. This is the first time I'm using an actual pop filter and not a sock, so I'm feeling good. Wow. We're we're stepping up a level here. Exactly. You know, with our production exactly. value here. Exactly. <laughs> We've gone up a whole a whole degree. So speaking of the pump. The pump. Are you pumped? Oh, I'm pumped. Are you pumped? I'm pumped. I have the pump. The pump. So what film are we talking about? Uh we're talking about Predator. Uh <laughs> so this is the the nineteen eighty seven uh Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Arnold and others, but you know. Arnold, among others. Classic. It's, a, it's an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble cast, yeah. But yeah, so this this actually, interestingly, in the in the in the entire history of our podcast, uh, this is the first movie that we've actually watched together. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, and even I forgot about that detail as well. A lot of firsts yeah. in this episode. Yeah, like um, due to COVID restrictions, obviously we haven't been able to watch the movies together. But you know, uh, last uh, week or whatever, we. Uh, Threw the movie up on my projector on my back deck and uh, ooh, watched some fucking Predator. It was great. Yeah, it was uh, on the on the silver screen, so it was good. But yeah, so that'll give us a a new a new angle, hopefully. <laughs> new angle, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that affects uh, affects everything going forward. So, do you have a do you want to break down the plot of this film? Because this is a this is a you know it's a classic film. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can do that pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, a team of, uh, like, military, like, commando-type guys go down to this place in South America uh, ostensibly to investigate a thing. Uh, but it turns out that it's all a setup by the CIA so that they could, you know, take out some people who they didn't want to have to deal with. So they, and then they it turns out that also a thing, but it turns out yeah, that it was another thing. It was another thing that was somewhat sketchier, right? Um, <laughs> but it turns out that none of that really matters because there's this alien uh, hunter that is hunting them and continues to kill them uh, on their way back to La Chapa. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then Arnold fights this thing. Yeah, so that's in this movie too. The get to the chopper i don't think it's in commando is it I, this is where it's from isn't it it must be it must be because i thought it was from commando when we first were watching it but yeah it, it happens in this movie but we were also saying it must he must say something similar to that in more I, than one movie i don't know but like this is definitely what the the line is from <laughs> Chopper! 
<laughs> it's even better, like, disembodied like that. So, yeah, basically the entire movie is, you know, they figure out, you know, this whole thing has gone south, their entire mission, and they need to get back to the chopper. Basically, And things yeah. happen along the way. And the predator, the, 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 the alien hunter... Yeah, Hunts. not everybody gets back to the job. Not everybody does. <laughs> In fact, I'd say most of them don't. Yeah. <laughs> so so what sticks out to you about this movie? So, like, just right off the bat? Well, I mean, like I said, it's a classic movie for a couple of reasons. I think, like, you know, it, it, it obviously there's a million other Predator movies that are poorly sequenced so i don't really uh <laughs> i don't exactly yeah but this know is this many. is the one right like you know yeah yeah but there's it's fun i also think this movie's this movie's pretty much peak arnold <laughs> that's a good point this is like it's i think peak arnold lasts quite like for it spawns spans a few films it's not. It just, does, yeah. But this is you're definitely in the thick of it. You're in prime Arnold. Exactly. Yeah. You're 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 at the summit of Arnold. <laughs> it's more of a plateau, actually. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> it's a very high plateau, though. This is the first Arnold film we've done, huh? Yeah, it is. I it mean, is. Yeah. I don't know that we're dedicating enough time in this this these two episodes to discuss. Well, I mean, Arnold. the thing is. I mean, I, like, obviously we're going to talk a lot about him, but, like, I I mean, I think part of the reason is just because, like, I don't think we need to introduce to people who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. <laughs> it's true. No, I, I guess that's true, but I don't know that we'd be, to we'd just be introducing him, per se. I feel like we'd want to look at some of the lesser known things about him, not that I know Yeah, no, there's are. definitely a lot we could talk about that, you know, I don't think is all often touched on. But I mean, I mean, he also has just a really interesting biography. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, point being, we're not going to talk about it today, so... Yeah, we're not, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I noticed that there were uh, not one, but two future U.S. governors in this film. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> two future, well, you know. Oh, yeah, and Sonny Lanham also ran for governor of Kentucky. That's right. Uh, I, there was also... He's a crazy dude, as I understand, but yeah. we'll get to all that. Yes, yeah, we'll talk about that, but yeah. Yeah, so you've got, uh, obviously, Arnold, governor of yep. California, and then you've got Jesse Ventura, who who was governor of Minnesota. Minnesota? Yeah, um, so that yeah, that's just a really odd, uh, like, coincidence, that there's, I guess. There's two governors in this film. It really yeah. goes to show, uh, I don't know... Because they were governor around the same time, right? So <laughs> Arnold was after, uh, I, I think he was after Jesse Ventura. Well, Arnold was what, 2004 to 2008 or something like that? Yeah, Jesse Ventura was like... Uh, 99. 2000? 99, yeah. Something, I don't know. Something along. I didn't look that much into it, and I, I don't necessarily think we should spend a lot of time on either of that. No, that's not really the point of all any of this. That's not really, really the scope of. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. It's just funny, but yeah, yeah. What that's what I was gonna say is like, yeah, it's a classic movie, but I don't know that it's really that good of a movie. I mean, for me, I think it's very hard to separate, like, whether or not it's good from the <laughs> fact that it is like. Um, 
you know, almost like like the platonic ideal of what it is. <laughs> like, it is totally. It's the epitome of itself. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> which is like director John McTiernan's kind of sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The more I find out about John McTiernan, like the more interesting of a character he becomes to me. How so? I don't know. Just having seen him in like interviews and stuff, he's not at all like I imagined. <laughs> no. How, well, how did you imagine him, and how does he? How does he? Differ? Like I imagined him being like a like a super like high energy kind of guy, you know? Right. Like um, like because like movies. you know, there's a lot of big personalities in this movie as well, and like you know, you would think in order to like keep all these guys like you know under control that you would need to have like a big personality director yeah and we'll but, get, we'll get into all the big personalities soon but like the vibe i got from him is he's just like he's like super soft spoken <laughs> like yeah he did he, seem he's kind of quiet and he like um he was saying like uh uh you know i have a background in in theater and all that <laughs> like he's definitely like super soft spoken in in all the all the interviews i watched with him he seemed like kind of just yeah. like mellowed out, not not at all like his movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is the second John McTiernan movie we're covering. Yes, the first I believe was Die Hard. It was Die Hard. Yes. Sick, and that was after this. Um, that was definitely after this. Well, just after I think. Just after, because because it's nineteen eighty seven. Die Hard was what nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, so this might have been the next movie, or Die Hard might have been the next movie he did. This was his first big-budget film, John McTiernan. Yeah, so Die Hard was right after this. What other films have the Thomas Brothers written? Uh, Let's find out. Because the Thomas Brothers... Doesn't really... Oh, Wild Wild West. Oh, classic. I feel like we've mentioned that on this podcast before when we are doing Run in Black. I think every time Felix is on, it probably gets... Wild Wild West probably gets brought up. This is Jim Thomas, but I'm kind of just assuming they always worked together, which I don't necessarily know yeah, that's They true. seem to have the exact same filmography. Gotcha. Jim and John Thomas. <laughs> Kurt Russell in that one. Kurt Russell seems to be a favorite of our podcast. I don't know why he keeps coming up. He comes up a lot. There seems to be... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It makes sense if you, uh, if you know. Anyway, I won't get into all, all the Kurt Russell stuff. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Even though there are aliens in this movie. Yeah, there's aliens in this movie, but aliens will not really come up very much. <laughs> okay. So just besides the obvious. Besides the obvious, yeah. Besides the eponymous, is that how? You, is that what it is? <laughs> what? Oh, because yeah, the eponymous alien. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Uh, we had John McTiernan directed, produced by uh, Joel Silver, who is going to come up a couple times. Yeah, Joel Silver is a, a, a enigmatic. Lar- He's another large personality in the in the production department. We haven't talked about like big big personality producers in a while, but yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we started off talking about a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Early on in the podcast uh, history, yeah, it, it, we talked about quite a few of them, but. <laughs> we moved away from that but yeah he's in, he's another one of them who has done uh a lot of similar movies i'm just looking at his filmography yeah. now oh yeah he did the warriors i think that's his like first big claim to fame right um, but he also he did lethal weapon which was like oh and commando 
so yeah obviously oh yeah i mean that yeah that uh that's gonna be brought up again later and then die hard yeah lots of action movies also richie rich <laughs> oh okay that's uh okay <laughs> so what, what are we talking about in terms of budget on this one so well the budget is listed as 15 to 18 million right okay and the box office is uh the box office much? is listed as just shy of 100 million so pretty good turnaround okay now when i was researching this i found some some quotes from uh the director john mctiernan yeah <laughs> and he said the official tab on this movie is that it has lost more money than its original cost. What? And then he looked straight at the camera. <laughs> as if, you know, there's an allegation in there. Is he implying something? What is he implying there? <laughs> I, I don't know. Because, I mean, like, obviously the budget that they show on Wikipedia is not necessarily the budget that they write down in all the accounting. No, of course. The budget on, on Wikipedia is just sourced from you know an article where they may have stated it or like a book where it was mentioned it's not the yeah, it's or, not the official yeah. budget on wikipedia well i mean the official budget is almost never like the budget that they'll have on like even like imdb or whatever right no that's what i'm saying i don't think they release that sort of thing well yeah that's all used in their internal accounting so what it sounds like is that you know at least initially they uh somebody kind of got screwed <laughs> who do you think got screwed I don't know, probably everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Every creative. Everybody who wanted residual residuals. <laughs> um, although, from what I understand, uh, this, this was at the time when this specific interview was done. I think um, royalties have been given out. They they said that, like, oh, you know, they've turned a profit at some point, right? Oh, or I see. Or they broke even, right? You know? I see, I see. It, it might have been maybe these allegations came forward and maybe they had to pay up. Right, right. Once again, I, I don't have, like, that much, like, definitive sources on this. This is just, like, my reading into quotes from the yeah, people yeah. who we're, worked we're on the just, movie. We're, you know, we're doing what we do best here at Crank Kick Commentaries, which is speculate based on limited information. <laughs> With lots of asterisks. Yeah, there's a lot of asterisks. Asterisk. 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 Um, anyway, moving on. Yeah, we're getting into the. Uh, let's get into the the pre production of the film. So the story that is that bounces around uh, a lot and is on the Wikipedia page, and I saw, I saw in uh, a couple of other sources, is that the idea from this the idea for this film came from a joke, like a Hollywood joke that was circulating Rocky 15 or whatever was coming out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone in Hollywood was joking that, you know, Rocky would have to fight an alien next because he'd fought everybody worth fighting. Well, that's Earth. the logical conclusion, right? Exactly. That's where it goes. So the, 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 the allegation, let's call it, is that the Tommy brothers... Actually, speaking of people who fought Rocky, Carl Weathers. <laughs> There's a couple of people that fought Rocky, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's the allegation is that the the Tommy brothers got heard this joke and then wrote a script based off of it, but the the, the Tommy brothers in their interview about the production Sorry, period, Tommy brother it's Thomas brothers, right? 
it's Thomas Brothers, but I call them the Tommy Brothers. Sorry, I've... Okay. <laughs> but they are the Thomas mm. Brothers. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to be clear. Yeah, sorry. The Thomas Brothers, they don't they don't mention the joke in their in their discussions of the of the pre-production period. The best I've seen it called is a rumor that they actually like I think it's just that that joke was around and people associated it with with that. Right. Okay, so un- unconfirmed. Unconfirmed rumor. Like, what they seemed to focus on when they were talking about, like, when they were, like, first conceiving the uh, the idea for this movie is that it, it they wanted, like, a, a team-based action film. Which is what you got. It's what exactly yeah. what you get. And even, like, with the original, the original uh, 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 script, they had... A band of, I think some of them were like aliens, like the, the the people being hunted were actually like aliens, and it was just like a, a a renegade crew of mismatched, you know. So basically, what it is now, except they're various aliens as well. <laughs> right. But it kind of all evolved, or I suppose devolved, if you want to call it that down into like okay so they're all gonna be humans and they're gonna be hunted by an alien and that's the that's the 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 alien being the uh the hunters is as you say it's just kind of the logical progression (laughs) of re-upping it's like oh (laughs) what would make it even more scary and like potentially violent right it's an alien so so what have the thomas brothers done up to this point nothing <laughs> nothing so these these guys are just complete unknowns in hollywood at this point yeah they don't even Probably. have an agent okay <laughs> they're just they just write the script like best they can hope for is an independent film like seriously like this is nothing it's just some like right, sci- okay. sci-fi like someone did, i heard it i think starlog magazine described it as like a a, a sci-fi pulp script okay yeah yeah but they were desperate <laughs> to get somebody to read it. It was in the make making of documentary that I saw that, that that I heard this, and I don't remember which person said it. I think it was somebody at 20th Century Fox, but they apparently like were sliding, <laughs> sliding their script under people's doors, just like random doors at 20th Century Fox. You mean in the Nakatomi building? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, 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 it somehow fucking worked, and uh, it was it it compelled the right people, um, all the way down or up rather the chain of command to Joe Joel Silver, who obviously, as we mentioned at this point, was uh doing pretty well. Yes, yes, he was. So yeah, when when it gets to Joel Silver, this is when it really kind of actually turns into a fucking movie. <laughs> Right, exactly. Before this is just a fucking pipe dream by the Tommy Bros. Now that Joel Silver got it, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna turn this into a fucking big budget film." Stroke of luck, eh? For uh, for the, the Tommy the brothers. Bros. Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't know. It, like, it feels like this sort of thing happens a lot when we're researching films. Like, certain people just stumble into like lucky situations. <laughs> like this yeah no i mean like i'm sure like most people who slide scripts under doors don't get made into movies but But maybe one in 50 do yeah like and who knows like maybe these maybe it is like they had a super compelling script you know like maybe this first yeah 
But well, I, I think that the reason why we keep seeing this because, like, well, technically, like, you know, everything we're looking at has already been made into a movie, right? So we're never going to talk about the times that they slid a one over the door and it didn't get made yeah, into a movie, course, right? Of course. <laughs> and also, who knows? Maybe that this isn't their first script they've slid under a door. It's true, yeah. Gotta uh, ask them. But regardless, the script was retooled. <laughs> By a... Well, naturally. No, but I mean, like, even even if it it wasn't just some random script that was slid under a door, it would almost definitely be retooled. Yeah, of course. But it, this it was it was retooled by a Blade Runner. Blade Runner was before this, I think, right? Mm, I think just before you. Yeah. Oh no, no, actually, that was quite a bit before. Yeah, it was like eighty two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so by David Peoples, the guy who uh, wrote or co-wrote Blade Runner. Um, so okay. he retooled it, but he wasn't he wasn't ultimately credited. But he kind of brought it up to he brought it up to uh, Joel Silver standards. Right. Okay. He wrote more of it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it? Is Sorkin? Who said that? Yeah, that that was the that that was uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Well, that was that he said that that was the instruction he was given. Right. <laughs> On uh, on Moneyball. Yeah, on Moneyball, yeah. So, yeah, so then Joel Silver, he, he brings the project to Arnold, which we'll, we'll talk about that more a bit in detail later on, I think. Mm-hmm. The whole process of Arnold getting cast and all that. So Yeah. But before we talk about that, um, they really wanted to do something apparently new and different with the creature, so it was their, their, their intention... Um, initially to hire like an unknown person I, they, they didn't say if they had someone in mind specifically but like an unknown person to be the creature or to build the costume to build the costume to do like the effects okay that sounds like a recipe for disaster it does it it, it kind of does but well it, it kind of fell apart immediately because due to time constraints which we will discuss more yeah more in part two I believe uh, uh, they decided to just fuck it and go with like a pro right yeah 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 obviously they approached rick baker (laughs) yeah you know that would be he'd be on my list yeah number i think he's they approached him more than once (laughs) but yeah rick baker who we've mentioned uh in the men in black episode he designed quite a few aliens for that but he was busy he was busy doing uh harry and the hendersons right which is a very different vibe Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so they hired a guy named Richard Edland, who I don't know if we have discussed before. I don't think so, but he's a guy who let's say Katzenberged his way from i l m to his own studio called Boss Film Studios, and what I mean by that is he used to work for Industrial Light and Magic, and then yeah. he left I don't know if he was disgruntled. But he left and started a competing studio, so that tends to me to imply that he may have been slightly disgruntled. Yeah, yeah, that sounds disgruntled. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they hired him to do the visual effects, um, and that is where the production would start. But we've, uh, we've in this episode, we've dedicated quite a, a large portion, I think, to... Um, to the cast well yeah i mean i think this movie lives and dies on its cast like precisely and i i actually found a quote from john mccarran that i think describes sort of i guess his philosophy 
philosophy to making this specific film. Oh, yeah. He says, find actors who can bring something and then turn them loose. <laughs> well, he certainly did that. Yeah. <laughs> In um, the, three bi- the three big ones, but then everyone everyone is a, a Well, force. everybody has their own, like, I mean, who should we start with here? Should we start with uh, Arnie, the man himself? That's probably probably wise yeah okay so the vibe i got was that basically like arnold was the choice as long as uh he was basically as soon as it basically became clear that he was an option yeah yeah well as soon as joel silver got it he like i think he took it straight to arnold yeah i mean like this was at a time when like putting arnold schwarzenegger's i mean even today putting arnold schwarzenegger's name on a movie would sell tickets yeah exactly and like yeah but this was like, you know, this is peak Arnold, right? And this is a perfect film for him. Absolutely. And yeah, so John McTiernan said, you know, Arnold sponsors other people. Arnold tries to make people around him look good and feel good. And he's great that way. He's a living comic book. Just look at him. He's a man <laughs> mountain. He's totally, well, I mean, there's a reason he's going to end. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't yeah, I don't even know what like what to say here about like Arnold. Like it's just, you know, he's such a singular yeah. like force. But I mean, yeah, okay, there's there's one more thing I think I think we can say about uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Run! Go! Get to the chopper! <laughs> <laughs> say what you will about the man. He doesn't over-enunciate. <laughs> yeah. I think everything he's saying is already very clear. Exactly. <laughs> he says it with his rippling biceps. I guess uh, also on the, like, technically the second built cast member was Carl Weathers, right? Yeah, yeah. He's 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 the number two. Yeah. So so how how would you say you know, what, what would you say you know Carl Weathers from? What do I know Carl Weathers from? Yeah. I know him from Arrested Development. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Where he that, plays but... himself. Yes, yes, he, he did. Wolves too. Um, <laughs> but no, what were you fishing for? <laughs> I was gonna say Rocky. Oh yeah, like... Rocky. That's 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 more what you know for. Oh right, he was also in Happy Gilmore. The... <laughs> <laughs> I love Carl Weathers. He's, he's hilarious. Uh... Yeah, Carl Weathers is great. Uh, but yeah, Carl Weathers, a uh, former NFL and CFL player. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah, he was in the actually, CFL. He was in the CFL. He played for the BC Lions between 1971 and 1973. I didn't even know the CFL was around in 1971 to 73. Well, they were. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go down a CFL rabbit hole right now, don't worry. So, basically, John McTiernan said, like, I wanted somebody who was very strong and who is a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need someone who's super and, strong, someone who's a good actor, and someone what? Someone who's not only super strong, but you need them to be super you need them to be the number two to Arnold. Yeah, absolutely. Like they need to be able to stand next to Arnold and not look stupid. Exactly, not look like a silly <laughs> number two. Yeah, um so apparently at this point a list of actors was prepared and Carl Weathers was just the name that jumped off the page and immediately they thought perfect. Was there any other names on that list really? 
Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, especially because, like, in this movie, like, just, like, the scene near the beginning where him and uh, Arnold, like, you know, clasp the hands. Me- the meme scene. Yeah. <laughs> the, Giant muscles. The, the two biceps clasping together. Oh, it's beautiful. It, it, like, it boggles my mind how two people can just be that. <laughs> they literally can't though. Like there's a definite like what do you okay, hold on. Let's just take a let's just take a little a little aside here to talk about roids. Where do you stand? What do you think? Do I think that they were on roids at that time? Are they roided out in film, do you think? In the movie, that's I don't know. Like were they doing uh like Steroid tests uh, when he was when Arnold was Mr. Universe or whatever. I don't. I doubt it, but I don't know. Right, because I mean he's definitely bigger in like pumping iron than he is here. Yeah, but like I don't think that. I mean that doesn't mean anything. He's he's disturbing in pumping iron. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Like, and in pumping iron, they like bodybuilding is a whole different thing. Like in terms of yeah. like he he's built more like a a normal like human in in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Still not a normal human though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not like not at all. Like th- the way I like he's not at all a normal human in this movie. Okay, I will I say I I want to I want to believe they're not doing steroids. Yeah, like. I I want to believe it. The cynical part of me wants to, oh, is fighting to say <laughs> that they were definitely roided out, but I'm gonna go with benefit of the doubt on this one. <laughs> yeah, I I want to believe that you know you know with enough effort you know anybody can look like that, but <laughs> you know <laughs> I'll never find out. <laughs> this has been the roid aside, um, and we're going inconclusive. <laughs> Inconclusive, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, there's your two leads. You got Carl Weathers as Dylan, and Arnold as Dutch. Who both of their names I like didn't know until like, two thirds the way through the movie. Well, I feel like Arnold's like Dylan. <laughs> it's true. I knew Carl Weathers' name long before I knew Arnold's. Name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So I think the next like the next standout person we need to mention is. Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> oh yes, yes. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention him ne- next. So, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura is a former U.S. Navy underwater demolition team member. Well specified. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to go into any further detail because <laughs> there's some controversy about whether or not he's a Navy SEAL. Yes. But I'm not going to get into that because I don't understand it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so he was also a WWE wrestler. That, he's very well known for that. Well, yeah, that's where he, he, he got the name Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, that's where the body comes from. Yeah. I mentioned when we were talking about um, the uh, they live. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Vince McMahon, who is the head of WWE, yes, yes, uh, had an issue with uh, Roddy Piper being in the film. There's a, there's some strange connections between episodes 
that we've got going on here. Like we yeah. talked about Kurt Russell a lot. Well, I mean, there are, it's the second time Vince. McMahon. Yeah, there's also Vince McMahon's. Well, I feel like anytime you mention WWE, Vince McMahon's. Going well, to come the on. fact that we've mentioned WWE more than once. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, there are more than one wrestler turned actor. There's many. It's true. So Vince McMahon also was discouraging about this film. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so apparently this is a pattern anytime. I, I think Vince McMahon just wants to be in control over what movies his people do. Yeah, right? I think Vince McMahon just wants to write and direct any movie that his people are in. But anyway, um, so Jesse Ventura credits uh, the fact that he chews tobacco <laughs> to getting this role. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know that he is the best source on him. <laughs> well, so apparently he he so he chews tobacco in this movie, quite disgustingly. Spits so, on Carl Weathers' shoe, <laughs> disgusting habit. Apparently, when he was doing the audition, they asked him, "Can you chew tobacco?" <laughs> and he says, "I pulled out my Copenhagen and Red Man, and I said, I've been chewing for twenty years." <laughs> He says it was not acting. That's a future governor of Minnesota right there. <laughs> he was, he, yeah, so this this man was later um, elected to be the governor of Minnesota. Uh, was it, what was the margin? Impressively, actually, as a third party. Yeah, he was the, he's the only, uh, what was the party? It was like the... The, I, I can't remember, but I don't think we'll get that much yeah, into yeah, that. He, he was just interestingly like the first third party governor <laughs> yeah definitely like, well, like it's fucking Jesse the body venture like what is american history anyway um but yeah uh definitely a uh a source of memorable lines in this film memorable's one way to... <laughs> i don't got time to bleed this place makes Cambodia look like Kansas. His, his first line in the film, we both <laughs> responded to with, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, he drops, he drops a hard, a hard F bomb and not the good yep. one. But yeah, he, he is a, he's other than that. He's pretty, he's, he's kind of perfect in this film in a lot of ways. He, he, uh, yeah, he's kind of exactly what you want out of that character. He's, I I believe what he said about about it was that like it was just like numb but like fun. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, but then I didn't have to worry about get. I could enjoy it because I didn't have to worry about getting killed. Which is a very weird thing it's to a say very about weird Vietnam. Way to, but okay. Very weird way to talk about Vietnam. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know if we're gonna get into this later, but uh, much like. Whether or not he's a Navy SEAL, there's Some questions about his military service. <laughs> Anywho, so who's next? Because we've now we've gone through the uh, the big names, but now there's the uh... yeah. So like we'll fill out the the rest of the team. So we have Bill Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. Who is uh? He's just a really visually imposing, scary looking guy. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh. Like look yeah, at those he's got eyes. Big eyes and like. He's like He's got a very emotive face, and he uh, he was in Commando. Yeah, he was in Commando. He was uh, apparently uh, he really enjoyed the experience working Commando. He got along really well with Arnie. Commando had the same producer, 
And so they just figured, you know, we'll take him, yeah, well, take Joel him too. Yeah, Silver, you know? what, was saying that he had like a, maybe it wasn't Joel Silver that was saying it, but he brought, or maybe it was, it was a McTiernan actually, he like, he brings an element of like a, a, right. a serious actor. Like he, I think what he meant by it is that he can actually act. <laughs> oh, okay. Like Carl Others. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is uh, Shane Black. Um who, oh, indeed. You, who he played the character of Hawkins, but I think everybody will just remember him as the pussy joke guy. <laughs> the house, because he makes a series of, of of very poor jokes. Yeah, and I believe that, <laughs> which are just so crass that they're like, yeah, it's just... obviously the point. But <laughs> <laughs> so actually, originally they wanted him as a writer. Oh my god! They wanted him to re to re, to do some rewrites on the film, right? No way! Uh, but he didn't want to do it for whatever reason. So they were like, "Okay, here's the plan: we'll hire him as an actor, and then we'll bring him to Mexico. And then once he's stuck in Mexico with nothing else to do, you know, maybe he'll just rewrite the script anyway." Oh my god! So did he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they ended up not using his draft. Oh my god, he got he. But then he he ended up in the movie. Well, I guess that that's so fucking hilarious. And he's the first guy. Yeah. To get so killed. yeah. So um, he was saying that uh, his mother actually walked out of the movie. What? Why? Uh, and he was like, he said, like you know, surprisingly, she stayed after all the all the jokes. <laughs> but uh, she she uh, she walked out right before I was about to get killed because she knew it was coming. Ah, just like I did. She called it. She knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we also have Sonny Landon, who we previously alluded to the fact that he was a bit of a crazy guy. Well, so according to John McTiernan, yes. the insurance company wouldn't let us hire him until we got him a bodyguard. Now, the bodyguard wasn't to protect Sonny Landon. It was to protect the rest of the casting crew from Sonny Landon, want, allegedly. Allegedly, and I just want so much more detail about this. <laughs> like, Yeah. But apparently there was just a guy who would follow Sonny Landon around, con- like, just literally shadow him 24-7. Yeah, just, just to make sure he didn't, like, you know, cause any trouble, like I guess. His job, I guess, is literally to pull him off of, of him if he starts attacking somebody. Like, I think that was literally his job. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a little a little strange. That's really weird. I, like, yeah. what? <laughs> okay, so uh, the last person is uh, Richard Chaves. Maybe Richard Chavez. I don't know. Yeah, he was the, he was like kind of the serious guy. Yeah, he was the serious guy. Um, so, uh, he was supposed to be Spanish in the movie, I think, because he was speaking Spanish. Right, he was the guy who, like, uh, uh, interpreted. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking maybe his name's Richard Chavez, but apparently he's not Spanish. He's not Mexican or Spanish or anything like that. Interesting. Not that you need to be to have yeah. the name Chavez, but... No. These are just all... Uh... Maybe, the point is, maybe it's Chaves. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how, how to pronounce his name. Maybe it's Chavez. I don't know. Maybe I should have done more research. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, interestingly, uh, also a uh, a U.S. Army. So, sorry, he was in the U.S. Army. He was also a Vietnam vet. Yeah. So there's more than one. Although, whether or not 
technically Jesse Ventura qualifies as a Vietnam vet. It's also a question. He was in Vietnam. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, s- Jesse Ventura is documented to have been in Vietnam during yes. the war. And but yeah, Richard Richard Chav Chaves was uh was actually definitely a Vietnam yes. veteran. <laughs> and he didn't make any comments about, you know, it's like Vietnam but fun. Yeah, he didn't have any bizarre <laughs> Vietnam comments, yeah. Yeah, but also he doesn't have that many interesting stories, so there's not that much to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he wasn't really that like that. I mean he was Yeah, in the film he's basically just the interpreter, exactly. right? Exactly. All he does is yeah. He Speak speaks Spanish. Spanish until the script allows the woman who we're about to talk about to speak English. <laughs> yes. So uh moving on to the last human character. Yes. Uh, we have uh Elpida Correa Carrillo, sorry, as uh Anna. Yes. As the, the, the token female character. Yes. Uh and uh according to John McTiernan, she knew the character better than I did. I literally <laughs> laughed out loud when he said this because it's like there's no character. <laughs> John. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that means he didn't really know the character. Yeah, exactly. There was no character. So, I mean, well, I mean, she's she's exposition. I suppose. It's not really a character, no, but she, you know, it serves an she serves an important function. She's a plot device more than a character. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so she was in uh some critically acclaimed uh productions before this. Was she? Really? Uh such as under Fire. Oh yeah. Uh starring uh Nick Nolte and Gene Hackman. Uh and uh Oliver Stone's Salvador. Wow. I've never seen Salvador. Um and then she was in this. Well yeah, like she did fu- she did fine again. It's such Oh yeah, no, no, she did fine for her to do. Um it's not a like Yeah. Yeah. Well she she delivered all the exposition. Yeah, exactly. She did that expertly. Um expertly. So as you said that's the end of um, all the human characters. <laughs> now we're moving on to the predator. The pre- yeah, that's that was the. If you didn't get that, the implication is that yeah. the predator is not a human, and we haven't discussed him yet. And as I understand, it's a, it's a bit complicated. Yeah. So uh, initially, uh, who they had cast as the predator was uh, none other than. Martial artist extraordinaire Jean Claude Van Damme. Debatable martial artist extraordinaire Jean Claude Van Damme. Well, he's definitely a martial artist. I don't know about extraordinaire. <laughs> well, I mean, he has a lot of titles. He definitely knows martial arts. Yeah, yeah he he beat up a lot of Belgians. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and not Steven Seagal refused to fight yeah, him. Not Steven Seagal because Steven Seagal wouldn't. Not show Steven up. Seagal. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, tangential, um, but. Uh, so, there have been there, there's there's a lot of different uh, takes I think on why Jean Claude Van Damme wasn't think, eventually the predator. I think there are multiple reasons ultimately, but I I think at the end of the day it's probably all of them yeah, combined. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. According to Jean Claude Van Damme, he said, uh, "You know, this guy can jump really high. He's in." Uh, that's what he heard from the studio, and then um, <laughs> he. Uh, he began to have second thoughts as soon as he got inside the uh, the body cast uh, for making the costume. Oh, right, right. So this is just when he's getting 
set for it. When he's getting fitted, essentially, right? right? And so uh, he was saying, like, uh, "Ooh, I'm having I'm having trouble breathing." Oh no! And uh, I I wanna <laughs> I wanna get out, and they're like, "No, no, no! Five more minutes. Oh no! It'll be dry." <laughs> anyway, they so eventually, eventually um, it, even though he was freaking. No, no, I think he I think he did eventually get out, but um, but yeah, he he uh, he thought he felt the costume was uh, unsafe. <laughs> And then he couldn't he couldn't jump in it. I mean, I'm not that familiar with Jean Claude Van Damme, so maybe he's like a diva or something. Also, maybe not. <laughs> if he feels like it's unsafe. Yeah. He. <laughs> so apparently, after he did leave, a new costume was designed. Right. Which we'll actually talk about later. That's more but of a part whether two. or not it was designed because it was unsafe is a different question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole different can of worms, but yeah. But according to Jesse Ventura, he said uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme did nothing but complain. <laughs> and that apparently that he was told by uh, by the studio, you'll never work in Hollywood Jesus again. Jesus Christ. To which uh, Jesse Ventura laughed, obviously, because Jean-Claude Van Damme became a big star. Yeah, right. I was just trying to think like where in Jean-Claude Van Damme's career this was. <laughs> This is pretty early in his career, so right? So he went on to make... Like, he made all his most well-known movies after, after this. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, seems, that seems to be a thing. A thing that we I've noticed a couple of times people we've uh, talked about have been threatened with that one who have uh, promptly gone yeah, on to work just, in Hollywood again. <laughs> just exactly. Many times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so what was I going to say? And also I've heard that... Um, and this I also believe, oh, full-heartedly, was that Jean-Claude Van Damme was just too short. Yeah, he's not very tall, is he? Yeah. Um, no, he's probably a little tall. He's let's, probably let's a little taller out. than me. Let's find out for sure. He's an action hero. I mean, so is Tom Cruise, though, so. Yeah, five foot eight and a half. So he's an inch taller than me. Yeah, damn. So that's... uh. That's pretty short, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he makes up for that with his karate skills. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's kickboxing. true. How tall is um, Arnold? <laughs> Much taller. <laughs> My uh, autocomplete was like, Arnold? You mean David Arnold? Because <laughs> we were just doing... Uh, no, we're not talking about David Arnold. The ongoing mystery of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Oh, life. no, there's controversy. Okay, he's somewhere around 6'2". Uh, okay. He's roughly 6'2". That's two. actually less than I thought, but that's still tall. I mean, that's still, like, a tall person. Yeah, of course. But, like, uh, there might be some variation to this, but it, it's around 6'2". <laughs> Just like Tom Cruise is around 5'7". Yeah, exactly. Um. So, so yeah, so he, he was replaced, Jean-Claude. Yes. Who, was he replaced with somebody famous? Who was he replaced with? Um, I wouldn't say famous unless you are really uh, knowledgeable about, uh, you know, creatures. Uh, <laughs> Go define. What does that mean? Like, you know, if you've watched a lot of like, you know, monster movies or whatever, right? Uh, you might know who Kevin Peter Hall is. KPH. Is that what now people call him? That's what I'm calling him now. Has he been? I assume he's been in a lot. He's been a lot of monsters. Yeah, so he's been in. Uh, actually, he was in Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> was he Harry? 
What do you say? <laughs> Obviously, he was. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, he was Harry. So, how come Rick Baker couldn't he, do it then? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it takes a lot longer to actually make the costume than to be in it. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You need to do that for... Like, you need a lot of preparation. A long time before you just hop in it. Yeah, exactly. So, Kevin Peter Hall. Uh, basically... Everything I've heard or read about Kevin Peter Hall, like, makes him seem like he was just, you know, the greatest guy ever to work with. <laughs> just, like, uh, such a nice guy, gentle giant. Um, he was cast because he was big enough to make Arnie look like he was in trouble. <laughs> How tall? Is, so he's taller than Arnold, obviously, but... So, yeah, he's seven foot two and a half. Holy shit, that's... Although somebody on set said he was seven foot six, but I think that's an exaggeration. That's got to be an exaggeration. Seven foot six is alien height. That's like... like, Seven foot two and a half is already alien height. Yeah, it is, but seven foot six is actual Bigfoot height. Yeah, um, so uh, McTiernan says he never lost a shot because uh, Kevin Peter Hall needed to get out of the suit. Um, he stayed in the suit for hours. Oh my uh, god! Always had a smile on, despite having to sit in this suit. God. And so uh, John McTiernan says, uh, because he suffered so long in the damn suit, I had to make sure I got his face on the screen. So he played one of the chopper pilots as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it just seems like everything I heard about him sounds like he's a great guy. Everybody seems to like him. Oh, may he rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Kevin Peter Hall, taken from us far too early. Um, let's see, what else has he been in? Well, okay, so you want to know what else Kevin Peter Hall has been in? <laughs> Welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. This is the segment in which we connect the film we are doing to Star Trek via people who worked on the film. <laughs> who worked on, and or on Star Trek. both things. <laughs> yes, via people who worked on other things. Or people who worked on Star Trek and or this film. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> or intermediate films. Exactly. So you just said, we just you opened us up with the first one as a segue. As a segue, yes. Kevin Peter Hall has been in Star Trek The Next Generation. Fuck yeah. What episode has he been in? Uh, he was in the episode The Price, which is actually a very interesting episode um, because, yeah, so he plays like, you know, a weird alien, as you would expect. Of course, yes. In this episode, The Price, they are, uh, oh, they find a wormhole. Great episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch this episode recently? Yeah, I have seen it fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they find this episode, they find this wormhole, and they're, uh, all the, the powers of the galaxy are kind of like, you know, um, bit like trying to gain control of this wormhole. They, uh, so anyway, Kevin Peter Hall plays this, uh, this alien called Leor, who is a, a Caldonian, and he's a uh, a diplomat. Um, him, Riker, and Lloyd Braun are trying to convince what's her name to sell the wormhole. Yeah, basically. 
Now, the interesting thing I find, the most interesting thing about this episode is because the events of this episode come up in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. It's my favorite part of this. <laughs> do they? Oh, yeah, that's right. They do. They... Because, so, the Ferengi are also trying to get hold of the wormhole. Yeah. So, at one point, they go through the wormhole. To test it out, yeah. To test it out, right? But then Jordy's like, hey, this wormhole's unstable. You should turn back. And then they're like, no, Jordy, you're just trying to fuck with us because you want the wormhole for yourself. Classic And Jordy turns back, and then they get trapped on the other side. Now, where does the uh, wormhole go? No other place than the, the Delta, Delta Quadrant. quadrant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, they find some Frangi in the Delta Quadrant. Turns out they got there through the events of this episode. That's great. Great writing. Great writing on Star Trek Voyager. Speaking of uh, Star Trek Voyager, Ooh. we have Richard Chaves. Chavez. Chavez Chaves. I'm not sure. Chavez. Who knows? I didn't do the research to find out how to pronounce his name. And I am paying Who for it. Who does he play in Voyager? Uh, so he is in um, this episode. It's 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 one of those Chakotay episodes. Oh, one of those. He plays uh, like a Native American chief. <laughs> or not actually. Wait, okay. So no, they're... What was it? Are they aliens that have like... Similar. Native American style culture? Let me... Something like that. <laughs> the episode is called Tattoo. Yeah. Okay, so no, he's an Earth. He's an Earth chief. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's a human, I believe. He's a human chief. Um. Yes. I can't. Yeah, this episode is very vague. Uh, sorry. What I was were you gonna, gonna say? Uh, Richard Chaves or Chavez or Chavez or whatever he is, he was stalked in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I read about that, actually. I hope that he's no longer being stalked. Uh, it doesn't seem like he is. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's our number two, also direct connection. Wow. So what's number three, then? It's another direct Holy connection. Shit. I mean, I guess, yeah, we're in... We're in a good Star Trek period here. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess a we lot are. of Star Trek is about to start um, popping off. Yeah, and uh, my favorite bit about this uh, about this is um, so the the guy who is in this who is also in some Star Trek is named William H. Burton Jr. and how he is credited on IMDb is. Gorilla soldier shot down from tree. <laughs> but he's in it, all right. That counts. Right. Yeah, there he is. He's definitely in I'm it. Right on him. I'm like hovering over his name right now. Gorilla soldier shot down from tree. He's un uncredited. Yes, so uncredited. But he's, he's in it. That's him. So he was in Star Trek: First Contact, credited as stunts Borg. <laughs> So he was a Borg that was thrown around. He was most likely a killed Borg. Almost definitely. That's awesome. He doesn't have a picture. But that's being in. He's in both of these. That's a that's a direct connection. That's 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 a direct connection. Wow. Also, he was in Face yeah. Off, which is worth mentioning. I was just gonna say he was also in Face Off. 
You can't see me, but I'm doing the thing. <laughs> it's good to know we're on the same wavelength about yeah, about whether or not off. face-off needs to be mentioned. <laughs> it definitely does. It does. The answer is yes, of course it does. Yeah, so that's 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 it. That's six degrees of Star Trek. There are your three connections. Fuck yeah. All direct. That's it. What more do you want? No, that was a good... That, how could you want more than three direct connections? Well, I'll tell you what you could want. What? You could want a whole other episode on Predator. Fuck yeah, and you're, and you're gonna get and it. You're gonna get it next yeah. week. Next week, tune in. <laughs> you know, you may not have time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. But I hope you have time for another. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have time to bleed, you <laughs> sure as hell don't have time for this episode. Okay, so take all than... that time that you would you would have spent bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Just use it yeah, re- to listen re- to that time. That you were gonna bleed for, and instead, yeah. listen to this and the next episode. Just do it. Just do it. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>